Hey, good morning to you. A happy Thursday. I'm Bruce. There's Judy. Cheese back in the DJ chair. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you back, for goodness sakes. Can I just say, I was a little disappointed it didn't rain a lot yesterday. Uh, Cheese, I actually brought my new umbrella to work, thinking it might rain on me. And? And there was no rain, so I just walked around the city with a bleeping umbrella. You have to see this umbrella, too. It's like it's, a weapon. It, oh, it's nice. It's one of the long yeah. ones. It's got a oh, wooden yeah. handle on it's and like, everything. Oh, it's pinstripe. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to carry an umbrella, you got to go with, you know, you go big. I felt like I needed, like, a handlebar mustache and a top hat <laughs> yeah, while I'm carrying exactly. it as good day, well. Good day, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you know, when you live in Streeterville, it's good to yeah. have a, just in case you need a weapon. There you right? go. You never know. You never know when a tussle breaks out. Right. So I was uh, properly, uh, but yeah. Also, could break out. It, it sprinkled a little bit. I, I thought we were going to have rain, rain. Very disappointing. Did you not get any rain? We got some rain. It's a sprinkle. Yeah. I know a tiny bit. Yeah. It was enough to put up that umbrella. Yeah. Not for me. I'm disappointed. <laughs> um, so don't don't say, worry. There'll be many, yeah, there'll be many more, there'll be opportunities. Yeah. Springs on uh, the way. Yeah. I can't wait to open my new umbrella. Yeah. Just haven't got a chance to open it yet. Ah, someday. Um, St. Patrick's Day is next Wednesday. But I think for a lot of folks, if you if you are going to celebrate, and that's the question of the day, right? You'd probably do it over this weekend? Correct. Is this St. Patrick's Saturday. Day weekend, Saturday probably? This would have been the big weekend. but You say it would have been. Would have been. I think it's still going to be for some people. Mm, well, let's see, hold on. Not. For, for you being Irish-ish, Ish. right? Irish by in-law, Ish. yes. Ish. If you're Irish. Irish, is there a... No, we're not going to party for St. Patrick's Absolutely Day. Absolutely not. See? Exactly. Yeah. But I don't They're know that people pre-gaming with Jameson's. <laughs> yeah, pre-gaming. I, I don't know yeah. that people will come downtown. They yeah. people come downtown congregate. to congregate, and you know, there's the dying of the river. There's the parade. That's, there's, none of that's happening. None of that's happening, and, yeah. and you know, but the bars are still going to be open. The restaurants and bars, and so I don't get me wrong. There are people who are going to come downtown. I, I now last year there was nothing. Because it was all real new. and People still came downtown. Oh, yeah. It was packed. 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 I just feel like it's going to look different this year. People are... So Judy Judy believes in the basic goodness of people and that they're going to do the right thing. I'm going to live in the real world. Yeah. Okay? And I I think that you're going to uh, see a lot of people who are sick and tired of being told what to do, who have gotten to the point that they just don't care anymore. I I mean, honestly. Yeah. But the bars are getting... Threatened, and that's a big deal. When you get when you get a letter from the liquor commissioner, yeah, you take notice. Your liquor license that is is probably your most important license. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's pretty sternly worded that you know, don't think that just because it's uh, St. Patrick's Day, you still have to be six feet apart. You can't have more than six people at a table. This is my favorite. You can't get up and walk. You have to sit at your table. If you get up, how is this even? How do you enforce? <laughs> this? You have to have the COVID police on hand. But that, my point is, they don't have a COVID police to stand inside of every single place and go. You guys are five feet apart. Move over a foot. Take a step to your left. You know who's going to be the narc on this one? You. The people in the neighborhood who always hated it. Who always, you know, bottles on their yard. Drunk people and that. Yeah, they're going to be the ones. Here's what I don't get: in a restaurant, I can understand. We've we've all now been out to restaurants post. COVID or whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, you're at your table and uh, you, you wear your mask when you get up to walk out the front door or whatever. Go to the bathroom. Or, or go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. exactly. And, you know, it's, it's separated. And when you're at a, a restaurant, you're not getting up and wandering over and picking food off everyone else's plate in the place, right? Well, but, a, but when you're but in a the, bar. But there are restaurant you're, bars. You're, you're moving around. How do you how do you stand still in a bar six feet away from everyone else? Have you ever been in a bar yes. in Chicago during St. <laughs> Patrick's Day? 
they're packed to the G's, right? Oh, yeah. good Lord, you can't move anyway. Right. You're not going anywhere, but I mean, that's what but the even city's if you, really But even if you did 40%, you know, whatever the metrics are, how do you stop people... From mingling. From from going up and yeah. being around well, other people. Like, like a high school dance. Hey, 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 hey. you look good over there. Yeah. <laughs> what hey, are you doing up. Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> you semaphore. All you right. know, what are you going to do? <laughs> this, is a, a, this is an actual line oh, in the God. letter sent from the, from the liquor commissioner. There the liquor go. control commissioner, Shannon Trotter. Hi, Shannon. Shannon. Ah, really? What's she going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Dancing. Or other congregating is not allowed. There will be no dancing. This Wait is, a minute. It's this footloose? is like yeah, exactly. It's turned into footloose. We're not going to have any of that devil's dancing around yeah. here. I think dirty was in parentheses. There will be no dirty dancing or no. It's oh no dancing or other congregating. Goodness, really? You can't dance if you have a line outside. We're dancing. Hold on, I'm dancing. Nope, no dancing. It. We no, are you're dancing. Lose six, our look at <laughs> six feet apart. It's, We're going to lose our liquor license here at WLS. It's doable. And if you have a line outside, oh God, your staff is responsible for ensuring that people in that line are maintaining that proper distance so and wearing a mask. I am a bar owner and wearing a mask. I have to go outside the bar and tell people standing on the sidewalk. You guys are too close to one another and not wearing. Why is it okay, their job? Because you think that sounds unusual, I think but it sounds let me ridiculous. tell you: on St. Patrick's Day, every bar I go to has several bouncers. So instead of the bouncers telling people break up the fight or kicking people out, which happens every single time, oh yeah, they now have to. Be, yeah, they're going to be utilized is, other ways. Why am I? Why am I responsible for what happens on the sidewalk outside well, my bar? Well, no, they, they, not my they break up. They break up fights on the sidewalk too, and people no, getting in bars. Throw, they take they people throw them out inside onto and throw the them sidewalk. Out on the sidewalk yeah. and let them scrap it out out there. No, yeah. there's always a line out there. They make sure they get. At least you know a couple blocks. Yeah, but they're away. there to check IDs. Well, but to make point, sure underage point being, people you have like Miranda you, a week ago aren't sneaking in. And poor Miranda, she's going out. You know she's she legal is. now. You know she is You're going out. Of course, <laughs> but I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be safe though. I'm going to be safe because Define I'm 21 safe. finally, and mm-hmm. I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to a bar. I want to be a Chicagoan. Miranda, finally. don't do it. You're going to be so disappointed. I, Wait till I, next year when it's when it's normal. You say oh, that. Yeah, next year is going to be normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's they, they, said <laughs> <laughs> they said that last year. They said that last year. Don't worry. A year from now, it'll yeah. be normal. Twenty twenty one. Everything's yeah. gonna be better on January first. Yeah. They said that last year. It was yes. supposed to go last year, and yeah. you there's host. no river this year or yeah. river dying. Live life. All right. But but I, I I again it just I understand the sternly worded email that goes out to bars from the liquor commission threatening their license. But how do you pra- practically enforce that? It just doesn't seem remotely practical. Again, even as the guy who doesn't drink around here. Yeah. I've been in bars. Oh, I'll buy drinks for girls. Let's get one thing straight. Oh, yeah, there you go. Even though I don't drink myself, I'll run a tab. Yeah, yeah. How the hell do you stay six feet apart from it? It defeats the purpose of going to the bar. Right. So they're saying don't go. Yes, will they enforce it? And they're encouraging them to even make reservations, even the bars. Reservation at a bar? Yeah. I mean, the fact is... Bar... uh, Two stools for uh, yes. you know for yeah. six o'clock, please. <laughs> I'm, but that there bars. That's, that's, I'd like to reserve two stools, please. Yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, they can't have a full but opening anyway. Aren't you getting? You, 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 we're still at the point, and we're right at the, the precipice. And I hope that word means what I think it means. That you're hearing more and more people, even government officials, mayors, and whatnot, 
uh, governors talking about things reopening, talking about maybe we're going to have summer events. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe, you know, the air and water show, my name. Maybe the car show. You know, like the. So I think a lot of people are like, see, they're, yeah. they're, it's all opening up. We're good. Like, I understand they have to say certain things, but people tend to. Pick and choose the pieces of information that they want to hear that fit mm-hmm. the narrative they want. Yeah. And I think for a lot of folks out there, the narrative is you can go to a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will be if surprised. The bars are open, I, I'm going. I really do believe it will be nothing like last year. I do. Okay. And it's funny. So here's Alderman Brian Hopkins oh. in the second ward. Yep. Anyone could have potentially been forgiven for making the wrong decision on St. Pat's Day 2020. All right. Which was last year. Wrong decision. If you're a government leader and you make the wrong decision now in 2021, it is unforgivable. There is no excuse. The science is clear. St. Patrick's Day is canceled. No, but see, Dr. Arwadi says green beer does cure COVID. That's what I heard. Really? Oh, yeah. Green beer protects you against COVID. Yeah, you heard that wrong. I heard that throw your <laughs> throw your green beer in the river and it will be died. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, I hate green beer. I don't know. It's uh, no, I can't drink it. Okay, I can't drink beer. It's so. I. It, the, I was going to say. I know. I'm I know there's no, there's there's no flavor. Not cabbage flavored. It, it plays with my psyche. I can't do it. Cabbage flavored beer. <laughs> oh my god! It's too early in the morning for that cheese. Oh, I just like I just tasted my. Oh my okay, God. you know what? You say that, but I'll bet there is one. I remember eating that. Do you remember me eating that? Yeah. Oh my goodness! That Take some balance seven. You'll get rid of it. I tasted some beers that no, they taste like my grandma's attic. <laughs> you know some and those. I brewers, you said attic. I thought she was saying yeah, no, no. Grandma's. I love yeah, that. Yeah, these. Yeah, grandma's these fancy beers are when friends oh. come over. You know what? Pull I out think grandma's what? attic. I think, I think it may have been called that. I swear to God, uh, it was so bad. Oh, like, oh uh, give me an old style honey day. Uh, yeah, get you, get yeah. you a twelve or a Meisterbrow. Yeah, go. there you go. I'm partial to Paps. All right, blue there ribbon. you go. A little blue ribbon for you. All right. Well, St. Patrick's Day. I, I, again, I think it's going to happen one way or the other. People are going to choose the way that they celebrate based on where they're at. And I got to tell you, if the travel numbers, if the restaurant numbers, if if just the traffic we're seeing around is any indication. They're going to be people coming into the city this weekend and looking for a nice Irish Well, I agree. I just think it's not going to be anywhere near what it was last year. And I do believe the bars and restaurants are going to be responsible because they have been so they've been so responsible up to this point. Why would they risk it? They wouldn't. Remember, we have how many restaurateurs have we had on who said the worst thing would be to be closed down again? Be the worst thing. So they're being careful. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So I'm doing over under on licenses revoked. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little investigation on Saturday. I'll let you know how the Irish parson. Uh, You'll be out Streeter there. You Bill and Miranda. Well. Yeah. I'll be over here at D four. See how it goes. Um. So every day, something else is in the crosshairs. A target. You've been canceled. Is coming up next on eight ninety WLS.
Good morning and a happy Thursday to you. Uh, I'm Bruce St. James. She's Judy Pilak. There's DJ Cheese over there. Infant producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof mm. glass doing her thing. Uh, it seems like every day we got to add another thing to the list. This is the part of the show we like to call You've Been Canceled. All right, very good. Look at that. You guys. That was solid. Nice, huh? I'll tell you what. Even that, a lot of practice for that. I could do that for a living. So yesterday, uh, we had Pepe Le Pew, yeah. the uh, cartoon skunk who uh, falls in love with a cat. Uh, maybe love is a strong word. And proceeds to, to chase said kitty around. And Molest people, said kitty. People uh, under, called it rape culture. Okay? So what's good for the goose or the skunk is good for the gander. Or the pig. Or the pig. Uh. <laughs> Miss Piggy is the latest in the cancel culture crosshairs. Why? Well, if Pepe Le Pew, chasing after the cat, getting all handsy, trying to kiss said cat, Miss Piggy's entire character is about chasing after a frog. And and always, and Kermit is the one who's rejecting her advances. She is aggressive. She is harassing, sexually harassing. She's definitely abusive. And I was just looking at videos, I don't remember them, of Miss Picky smacking the bejesus out of Kermit. <laughs> like she would hit him. Okay, well, he deserved it. She was an abusive, and a, Kermit was in an abusive relationship with a pig. <laughs> she wore the pants. Did you ever see Kermit in pants? Never. See? Which is another issue. How come the rest of them were closing Kermit didn't? I don't. It's a whole other thing. I want to get into that. But do you, I pointed out, because I do believe it's ridiculous. I, I, I do think it continues down this path of you've got to be kidding me. But when you apply a standard that is unachievable for cartoons, or in this case, puppets of a frog and a pig... Well, where do you draw that line? Yeah. If Pepe Le Pew is too far, well, then Miss Piggy is too far as well. Right? I mean, I, and, and, and I still brought it up yesterday. Mm -hmm. I want Prince Charming held to account. <laughs> now you've crossed the line. Did Mr. Snow White consent to the kiss? That's ah, my only question. Man. Did Snow White consent? Was there, was there affirmative consent? Did she say, yes, you can kiss she me? She was drugged not? from an apple, right? She was unconscious! Boom. I keep telling him it was the he, kiss It was the kiss of life, He wasn't though. giving her CPR. <laughs> okay? He was, he was all saying smooching goodbye. up on her. He just, you know, mm -hmm. you're allowed to do that. You kiss an unconscious girl, dead. that is assault. I'm just saying. Yeah. That is, come on. What are we teaching? What are we teaching kids? Yeah. We're teaching them that you can kiss girls when they're unconscious. Again, see how ridiculous it is. It well, is although, ridiculous. I did see an episode last night of The Muppet Show. And? And, and Kermit and Miss Piggy were on there. Did you are All right, inappropriate. Inappropriate. So that's, I don't know. All right. Maybe they are crossing the line. Yikes. Right. Maybe maybe that ought to be the bigger issue, you would think, wouldn't it? And the fact that Kermit doesn't wear any pants. Well, listen, Miss Piggy, the latest in the crosshairs of cancel culture out there, uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But that doesn't mean we don't have time for our criminal of the day, all right? I got to give a shout out to uh, Eric Warren of Texas. 
who took the concept of a loaner car to the next level. <laughs> Allegedly, Mr. Warren was interested in buying a lovely BMW from his local dealership. A fine car, by the way. Nice car. The dealer uh, went as far as to loan Eric a car for a test drive. You know, so he could get more comfy with it. <laughs> According to police, he then drove the loaner car to a local bank, slipped the teller a note demanding money and threatening to kill them all, <laughs> and walked out of the bank with roughly $8,000 in cash. Hmm. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Mr. Warren then drove immediately back to the dealership to turn the loaner car in and attempted to use his ill-gotten gains as a down payment on a brand new oh. BMW. <laughs> Goodness now, as anyone who has attempted to buy a car knows, the process can take a while. Let me talk to my manager. <laughs> and police tracked the getaway car back to the dealership where they found Mr. Warren still waiting in the showroom with $8,000 in cash on him. So for using the loaner car as your getaway vehicle and then trying to buy the car with the money you just robbed from a bank, you, Eric Warren, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. That is amazing. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. All right? <laughs> or dumb. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. They should be considered dumb at all times. So along those lines, I mean, this is this this falls into it well. We had a uh, the the task force that is looking at carjackings here, right? Uh, held a press conference yesterday. We're going to get into a little bit of what they said, including an interesting point: How do you identify carjackers when everyone's wearing a mask? Right? <laughs> how, how do you give a description of the suspect when everyone looks the same? Plus. Some more, again, they keep happening. Horrific stories. Stories of people being injured, threatened with their lives. Guns all, used. For, yeah. all for carjackings. The pandemic of carjackings continues right here in Chicago. We will dig into it next right here on 890 WLS. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, good morning to you and a happy Thursday. We're going to jump right into the six o'clock hour with the big three stories. We're keeping an eye on cheese. What you got? Is Chicago on a slow return to normal? Uh, Could we see Lala in the Aaron Water show uh, this summer? Lightfoot staying a little tight lipped. Judy Pye, what do you got? Texas double downs on reopening, allowing 100% of fans to uh, enter Ranger Stadium for baseball, but you will have to wear a mask, Bruce. Play ball! And uh, <laughs> President Biden will address the nation tonight. Will he be taking a COVID victory lap? Mm. Keep an eye on that. All right. So we know that uh, the the carjacking epidemic in Chicago. I mean, this. It's by the way, this is it's national news. We've had was it three hundred and fifty in the first sixty one days. Three, four, okay. Yeah, don't be putting it bigger in, than it is. In 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 like two and a half months, like. I don't, don't make me do the Through math, March. but it's a lot. Oh, yeah. January, February, uh, it's the beginning of March. So let's just say two months. Yeah. yeah. These actually, these numbers are from the second. So two months, 348 carjackings in Chicago. Right. There have been carjackings in the suburbs as well. They don't even count in the stats. They don't even count. They are happening everywhere. It is a bit of an epidemic. And we now have, we know that the, the, one of the ways that Chicago police is uh, addressing it is that they move some resources around, some manpower to dedicate towards this, understanding that a lot of folks out there are rightfully and understandably concerned about this. Absolutely. The uh, the task force, if you will, held a press conference yesterday to address some of the issues. Hmm. Okay. Forty. Well, forty-four percent of those, uh, you know, of the th- more than three hundred people arrested, say, of those carjackings for those carjackings, are juveniles. Oh, nearly half. Yeah, but uh, so that just also means half aren't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could like look at it that way. But here's here's, I don't disagree with anything that the officer said. Yeah. Mentorship, which I'm in favor of. Uh, positive role models in the community. Full stop. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's not going to stop carjackings tomorrow. That might quite stop carjackings in three years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not like, oh, I ran into a mentor today. I decided to stop my life of crime. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen like that. And when you hear joyriding, it tends to just lessen it a little bit. Like, oh, well, you know what? They're just joy. Yeah. But guess what? They're taking the cars with guns. At gunpoint. So joyriding now becomes sinister to me. You well, know? because also we know that, that one of the, the issues is that these juveniles are charged with basically trespassing. Yeah, a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor that you're basically, when they find them, you're in a car that's not yours. You're trespassing in a car that's not yours. So two teens, wow. um, 15 and 17, um, were just charged with carjacking, allegedly threatening a woman, at th- uh, pulling her out of a car by at gunpoint, taking her Goodness. car. Yeah, this happened. Um, that's at 10 in the morning. In the 5400 block. Yeah. At 10 in the 10 morning. 10 in the morning, 5400 block of West 64th. So the 17-year-old faces felony charges. The 15-year-old, one misdemeanor count of criminal trespass to a vehicle. Again. It, after they even said we're going to start getting tougher, now I don't know. Maybe the fifteen-year-old didn't have that much of a yeah. Well, uh, listen. Say in the um, crime where they both 
showed up and threatened to shoot the woman. It's a complicated issue, and I'll acknowledge it. It's complicated, and and I get it. But yes, there is a a breakdown in the fabric of society. Gosh, I sound like some sort of, you know, uh, social psychologist when I say that. But (laughs) well, obviously, though. This is an issue in the black community. This is because these, I have to call it what it is. These are the suspects. The black community is the one that's going to solve this. You and I aren't going to solve this for them. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't, 14 year old throwing money at it. Yes, starting more programs. It almost is, you know, where are your parents? Well, what about this? What about school? It's 10 in the morning, mm. 17, 15 and 17. Right. They should have been in school. Exactly. Mm. So if school was back in, would these kids have been in school? I mean, at the very least, they should I have still know. been online in school, right? Well, we know that's not happening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, not happening at all. And you're right. It's, it's, we've, been hear, we've been hearing it too long. It's not, it, it goes in one ear and out the other now. That, you know, we've yeah, need I think to- about people like Pastor Brooks, who we talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we need to get him on and talk yeah. about this, yeah. you know, and go and go. How, how are you talking to the young people in yeah. your community? It's a problem what specific you, to that community. What, you, what are we what, and how do we address it? Because, again, I'm not going to be able to address it. Sorry, I, 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 I'm, I can't be part of the solution. Yeah. Not going to listen to me. Who will they listen to? Who will the kids and the kids? Yeah. Who are doing this? Yeah. Juveniles. And, and I don't want to take a 14 year old and lock them up for the rest of their life because they carjack. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't want to throw their lives away for a bad decision. I get that. Yeah, but slapping them on the be, wrist. But there do has to be yeah. some level of yeah. punishment that makes them know we can't continue doing this. And that there must be, you know, this contagion that happens. Uh, uh, you know, when, when one person does it, you, you hear other people. Right. The contagion part of the explosion in carjackings some of it has to be that they don't believe that there is that much of a punishment at the other side absolutely that is true there has to be some measure of that if they're so this is a new thing that they're doing it for joyriding because in the past as i recall as a reporter it generally was always for the commission of a crime they stole a car so they needed a getaway car get somewhere exactly they could dump it usually always found the car got it um the fact that a young person thinks they can take a car at gunpoint, sometimes hurting the victim, yeah, sometimes yeah. killing the victim. The fact that they think that's doable is the most frightening thing. I just want a joyride. I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to take someone, pull someone out of their car. Maybe I'm going to shoot at them or shoot them. And I'm just going to take the car for a joyride. Where is that? that? That to me is the most frightening thing because that's where they're thinking, What's going to happen? I'll be charged with a misdemeanor. I'll be. I won't even be in prison. I won't even be in jail for a day. Yeah. Uh, Rod in Lexington. What is your solution to this? Good morning. Morning. Um, I bet. I bet there's no one with a concealed carry permit that's had their car carjacked. If there was two or three of these kids laying in the street, uh, I think that'd be a good message, and it, it it would end. These aren't these aren't innocent little children. They're gangbangers, and or they wouldn't be. It's just ridiculous. You know, my, my only issue with that, Rod, is yeah, I don't is it is going to solve the well, problem. Well, aside from that, yeah, I think it's all well and good. And 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 as a gun owner, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, it's all well and good when you're sitting at a stoplight, playing with the radio dial, going, "I got to turn that WLS up. These guys are good." Yeah, 
and and you look over and there's a gun pointing at your head, it's a little late. Yeah. If you're the, if you have a concealed carry, like like you're gonna play a game of quick draw. You, you you're going to get killed. You're most likely going to lose. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I know it sounds good. I get it. In the practical situation, I mean, we had one. We had a police officer yeah. carjacked. Yeah, who it's, was armed at the time. It's not the kind who's of crime trained to, to right. do this, and you get caught off guard, and the guns pointed at you. That's right. off. I mean, very rarely do you see a carjacking coming. That's right, you're, you're driving point. around with, with yeah. one hand on the wheel, yeah. the other hand on your pistol, like, get, 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 get. you're sitting at the stoplight, you're kind of, you know, you're you're slicing the pie, you know, you're looking around, okay, green light, I'm going to put my gun back down. Like, I just don't think that, right. I, I get it, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it, and I understand that makes people feel better, it makes me feel better when I carry, I, yeah. I get it. Well, police but have said. I also am a realist that when the gun's pointed at my face, I'm not that quick yeah. that I'm going to be able to yeah. get my gun out. Level it at the at the suspect and be able to get a shot off before they shoot. Yeah, it's right. not a movie. You're not going to be like, I'm your Huckleberry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull your gun right. out and shoot him. You and know? police have said over and over again. I mean, very rarely are people who are that aware carjacked. It's people who are unaware. They're and, not. They're not going to go if they see you, Bruce. Giving them the look like I got a gun in my pocket. Well, I can approach you. Is there a look when they see Is that a look? when yeah. they see when they see look, cheese yeah. when they see cheese dancing in his car to some music. <laughs> yeah, his right. eyes are closed. Yeah. They're gonna go right up and they're gonna carjack him. That looks stupid. He's, he's, yeah. he's doing videos in his car. Yeah, selfie. Oh my gosh. They are they are deciding. Yeah, but you only yeah. have to not be paying attention for an instant. Yeah, right. and nobody can be that vigilant all the time. I don't. I just don't no. think it's possible. I'm just talking about the real world. Yeah, it's hard to be. You know, stay vigilant 100% and, and of the time. The, and maybe if you, and if you open fire when they're leaving or when it's over, you know, then now you're running into the risk of harming an innocent person. It's just... I don't think you could shoot at a fleeing car. Well, I think there might could. be... Once again, not a movie. Yeah, well, no, no, life I, is I, not I, a movie. I, 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 literally against the law. If you're a lawful gun owner, you also have to oh, really? Okay, the in the moment, yeah. you're going to start shooting at anything, and that's the problem. Well, again, a lawful gun owner, I, I would not be shooting at a fleeing car down the street. I, I know enough that I can't well, Maybe do not that. your car. No, I'm just saying you, yeah. you have to understand what the law is. I'm just saying, though, you also have to understand when you're in the midst of a crime and you're a victim, don't you lose a lot of your no. mental I think no. that's what the Clarity? gun training and yeah. that you yeah. go through. They, if, you, if, you, if you're smart enough with a gun, you understand, Yeah. again, hmm. it's not the Terminator and you're not going to sit there and unload a clip at a car speeding down a street. No. Just buy a beater, five hundred dollar beater. I'll tell you there you what, go. Four of them go in on it together. You get right? a decent ride. Two grand. You got a decent ride. Yeah. I like this. Nick problem is a problem solved. solver. <laughs> that is solid. So, uh, we, what organ? I want you to think about this for a second. Who can you trust? Who do you trust? Is there a organization? Is there a group that we trust? Because trust in. Groups or organizations that we used to put a lot of trust in is falling. And I admit that I don't exactly know why. We're going to dig into it next on 890 WLS. You know what? Many of us, many of us, maybe as you get a little bit older, or maybe because of some of the decisions we make, 
We get acid buildup in our body. You may not even be aware of it. Bruce, Judy, and uh, Judy and Cheese here in the studio. Good morning to you. Um, I think it's interesting. We've we've seen a lot of different reactions in the last year, coming from different governments, city, county, state, federal, to COVID. But what works and what does it hasn't worked? I'm a big believer, and I've said all along, I'm fine with following science, science, and what you can prove, and what uh, scientists and doctors are saying. Like you know, I'm always reminded of the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing. Um, science is true whether or not you believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it right? just it doesn't matter what you believe it. <laughs> can we prove it or not prove it? So, do lockdowns work? Did lockdowns work? Interesting look at this. So. Let's take two states that took two very different approaches, and you can apply some of it to Illinois. Florida, which is and has been, for the most part, wide open, no mask mandate, go to a restaurant, get your hair cut, go to the movie theater, lay out on the beach. To California, which I can tell you firsthand, I spent a lot of time in California, in Southern California last year, um, lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah, you have to wear your mask on the sidewalk. I mean, like lockdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're not wearing your mask on the sidewalk, like got your mask. You know, I feel like there were times where they you couldn't even go on the sidewalk. You they were they, they wanted were you to stay home. Down. Yeah, literally stay Certain home. Hours curfews. Restaurants were boarded up and closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You couldn't touch the sand on the beach. Right. Yeah, weren't allowed on the beach. Right. So did it work? Well. Not really. (laughs) The science says that despite California's strict policies to control the virus, the death rate and the infection rates were not dramatically different. 7% lower only. Only 7%. And Florida has a much older population than California, knowing that the virus attacks the elderly more they're more susceptible mm-hmm. to, to serious infection and death shouldn't florida's numbers have been through the roof yeah you would think well i mean I, this is a practical i mean i realize it's a little apples and oranges they're on different ends of the country but but there is some similarities and you certainly can draw some parallels can't you yeah however they're also saying because of the very fact that Florida has more elderly people, elderly people, you know, they tended this past year to be more safe. True, they were more susceptible, and especially yeah. in nursing homes, but overall, you know, elderly, and let's just say 65 and up. 65 and up. They, you know, no matter what they thought or, you know, how much they didn't so like they it. So they weren't going out. They, they weren't. weren't. Yeah, okay. and they were taking more precautions early on. But doesn't that prove the point that lockdowns don't actually do anything. It's up to personal responsibility. Yeah, I guess but you could look at it that you, way. You see what I'm right, saying? Yeah. If you know you're a vulnerable class or you have a pre-existing condition or whatever, and you're concerned about it, and you live in California or you live in Florida, it's still up to you to not put right, yourself in a government. risky position. Yeah. And the fact that they they closed the Jamba Juice yeah. is irrelevant to all of this. All you did was hurt the Jamba Juice. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't do anything for public health necessarily. And and so the problem is that the science says that California's approach was not that it didn't have a big effect compared to Florida's approach. And they are diametrically opposed. 
it really does make the argument that you should open things back up. But like you just said, Judy, if you are in a vulnerable category, make the decision to save yourself. And yeah, you're right. And maybe that's what they should be pushing. Listen, we're going to we're not going to tell you you shouldn't do it, but we are going to tell you you probably have a higher still have a higher percent chance of getting it and possibly dying. Now you decide if you want to wear the mask or you want to go to a bar on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Yeah, whatever. It's up to you. Right. But it's a personal decision because I, I, I have a problem with the follow the science crowd because I'm, I'm follow the science. Yeah. But then you ignore the science when it doesn't fit your beliefs. Right. They actually tried to blame the weather. The air, the dry air in California, they oh, suggest, gave the state a disadvantage compared to the humid air in Florida. This is good. I'm good. This is going to be good for me when I'm on the beach. Some, some studies suggest that when the air is humid, virus droplets fall to the ground Give faster. So people are less likely to become infected. Yeah, that's I'm the difference that. between lockdown and not lockdown. Yeah. So, but so let's not forget point. that nursing homes alone did mm-hmm. account for over a quarter of the COVID deaths. Understood. Accounted. So, but again, being, Florida having a dramatically older population mm-hmm. and having a huge number of the over 65 crowd compared to to California yeah. you would have thought the numbers would have been through the roof and they just aren't they yeah. just aren't well and like Texas I'm Texas we're, is we're, opening we're up we're waiting i mean they're 100% capacity at Ranger Stadium right we're so in the next few weeks South Beach Miami's at 100% capacity you can right? go lie on the beach with everybody else I mean that is the science yeah. we in a couple weeks should know if everything seems okay yeah. then I think that's our indicator follow the science we have to follow the science even if Both you don't ways. like it yeah. exactly I, I'm glad we can agree on that part yep. um, so here here's part of the problem Dr. Fauci Anthony Fauci has been held uh, um, and I think he's done some good things but I also think that he gets in his own way sometimes I think if you're being fair. And the latest thing is he was on um, on TV the other day. I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And trying to explain why vaccinated people shouldn't travel. So he was asked that question, right? He was asked, what's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated to travel? And his answer is, there is no science. Well, yet. I mean, I, I do. And on this one, I will have to side with Dr. Fauci. You're going to side with him. Because I, he, and being a doctor, being a scientist, as it were, he is, what he's saying is, we don't know yet. So I'm not going to answer your question because... Next week, we might know. We don't know if it's going to cause a problem. Judy, so. you say don't know yet. But we, the, the CDC is also telling us that if you have both of the vaccines or right, the, the single dose, if you're fully right. vaccinated, I guess is the terminology I should use, fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear your mask around other fully vaccinated people. You can hug. You can hug fully vaccinated people. You right. know, you you can yeah. go back to some semblance of normalcy. Right. You know, everyone's fully vaccinated. If you travel, you don't know that everyone's fully vaccinated. Yeah, but this and gets back to you think I care about the other people. Right. And I don't. And you don't. <laughs> I don't. You know what? Dr. Fauci does. That's the key. 
You don't if care. If you don't and care about fine. yourself, why should I? Right. You care about <laughs> yourself. Like, you don't. Why should I? Yeah, you don't care about getting someone else sick. Uh, I don't. Is what you're saying. I you do. And I, okay, Dr. Fauci cares. He cares about you getting someone else sick because that's how it spreads. And I would argue they put themselves in that position, either by refusing to get the vaccine or not following guidelines or whatever. And that is a decision that you've okay. made, just like you choose not to wear your seatbelt. It's you my analogy. Some people cannot get the vaccine yet. Mm. But if I'm vaccinated... Yeah. Don't You're, tell me I can't travel. Right. right. See, but that and that's I'm that's not forward. how the science works. The science also doesn't say it's unsafe to work. So the problem is, again, we follow the science up until the science doesn't fit what we like, and then we go, Well, there is no science on it. Well, if there's no science, then I'm gonna make my own decisions. How's that? Um Are you do you struggle in the mornings? Do you struggle during the day? It's kind of early. It's 6.46 a.m. Some of you may be waking up, wiping the sleep from your eyes. We're going to talk about the bad habits you do every single morning that are sabotaging your day. That's coming up next on 890 WLS. Good morning, everyone. I'm Bruce. She's Judy. DJ Cheese over there. Is it a good morning? morning. It's always a good morning, right? Well, maybe you've planned. 6.54 a.m. Some of you might be uh, already where you're headed to. Some of you might be just just waking up. Some of you working from home today. Use the radio. Maybe get caught up on uh, weather and what's going on in the world around you. Maybe you're stuck in traffic right now. We've seen a little bit of that out there. Sorry about that. But thank you for being, spending some time with us. But there are, I, I thought of this, there was a book out a long time, like a business book, like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Yeah. And uh, and, and I, I read the book and found out I have none of these habits and I never will. <laughs> none of the o seven. for seven. Yeah, I'm yeah. Over. It's just <laughs> over on The Seven Habits of Highly uh, Effective People. Um, the first but, being delusional? That too. Yeah. So... What are the mistakes, though? What are the things that you might be doing every single morning that ruin your productivity through the day? Hmm. So right actually, off the bat, right off the bat, list. getting out of bed. <laughs> right off the bat, screwed right. you up, right? Yeah. Well, and it, it has to do with a little bit during during a pandemic and the changes we've all made in our lives because of it. I mean, it's affected everybody in some way, shape, or form. Fair, True. right? Yeah, absolutely. Mistake number one. How many times have you heard of like these, you know, billionaires or, you know, the, 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 the highly successful people like I sleep two hours a day. I get up at 3 a.m. I'm, uh, you know, I've, I get more done before 6 a.m. than you get done all day. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're saying forcing yourself to wake up early is not necessarily good for productivity. Yay. I don't ever force myself to get up early. What? As a matter of fact, if I could sleep all day, I would. They say a person. So you're forcing yourself to get up early to come to work. But they say a a person who wakes up at 10 a.m. can absolutely be as productive as a a person wakes up at 5 a.m. What matters is how deliberately they act once they awake. Some people wake up early. Let me lounge around, make a cup Mm. of coffee, or they stress about what they have to do and they don't do it 
you know, you lay there and you're thinking about everything. Yeah, it's not good. Some people wake up. I'm the I'm the kind of person that wakes up and let's go. Like I don't lounge. Yeah. Like I wake up and I'm moving. Like from the time I make up to the time I walk out the door, I think I have it down. It's 18 minutes. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> no, no, Wait, I know. So I'm getting confused here. What is the what's the mistake of waking up early? Get, it's telling yourself that you need to wake up earlier than you need to in order to kind of be okay, a more productive right. person. So not me. Get the okay. sleep in. Yeah, I, I, I do the I hit the snooze button three times. Really? Yeah, it gives me that fake sense. When you of first wake up. Is the first thing you do grab for your phone and read the emails and texts that you got overnight? Nope. Yep. That, okay. Judy's on the right path. Cheese, you're screwing up. Yep. Strike two for me. Strike two. <laughs> <laughs> Standard to play it over two. The guys, over who, two. the experts who look into this say that if you are waking up and immediately jumping into the emails, you're now reacting. As opposed to, here's what I'm going to accomplish today. You're immediately on somebody else's schedule. Ah, I got to do this. That's a good I gotta way to that. think about gotta, it. You, you're, not, you're not prioritizing the things that you need to get done. You've put other people's priorities in front of you. So you're, react- where you're, rea- you're ah. reacting to their emails. Sometimes I go to, okay, every night I go to bed early when I work. I will, my phone will ding. There'll be um, emails or uh, text messages coming in. I don't check them. I so I went up to you on that, sleep. and you guys now know this about me. I oh think. yeah, you're, oh, yeah. you are going to one up me on this yeah. one. So you know you have a sleep mode on your phone, where it won't because because I, I have my phone on silent all the time, so my phone never rings. I don't even know what the ring is. Yeah, care less what it rings, but it will still light up. You know, you get a text or the phone, mm-hmm. it lights up or it'll vibrate. I have it on vibrate. So sleep mode. Sleep mode at seven. My phone is dark. Yeah. And then when you wake up, everything's just still. And there. I look in yeah. and go, "Oh, I have three texts and twenty-two. Uh, yeah, but from you guys, I'm like, there were forty-nine oh texts my last gosh. night when you guys were discussing. <laughs> Don't even get God me started about to some with text staff. chain. Yeah, you know? text, but, no, yeah. but at seven o'clock, my phone goes silent. Yeah, no, I know that about you. And and, and I, I, it's not meant to be a, a jerk. No, I just, no, no, no. I, it takes me a while to go to sleep. I need to shut down. Okay, and if I'm constantly checking my phone, I'm reacting. Yeah. Yep. It's harder to get to and sleep because your brain is going. Because I need to wind down. So yeah. I do what I need to do like You that. should be proactive, not reactive. Thank you. You're welcome. If you're working from home, do you get dressed every day? <laughs> now, see, this was a problem for me. I'm going to really fail that. When, when I wasn't working, let me tell you, now that I'm working, I lay out my clothes the night before. I know exactly what I'm going to wear in the morning. Valet, wow. I have to. I, a, I don't have. Out. Hold on, Judy. Do you Jeez. lay them out? Do you lay them out, out like a little person, like a flat person? Like here's the chair, here's the shirt, and then I put the pants. No. Like a flat Stanley. Flat Stanley. Do you lay them out no, like a flat I Stanley? No, I don't. Uh, only because be I only thing that I like only more. because I don't have the surface to do that on. No, um, I hang them up like that. They're on a hanger, and you okay. know, I do. Yeah, I actually have a mannequin. I'm going to start, start doing out. that now that you mentioned. Are you ready for this? Have you ever heard of enclosed cognition? No. It's a psychology. But I think I have it. It's a psychology. They're saying getting dressed properly helps. It, the brain performs differently, for example, when you're wearing a suit, when you're dressed properly. It would, uh, uh, intelligence scores. They talk about scientists with a lab coat that, that it, I can tell you this. I know when I put a suit on, like I have a different attitude. Feel smarter. You feel more confident. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. did I ever. I have suit attitude. Wow. Suititude. Suititude. I have none of that right <laughs> now. I want to assure you that. Yeah. Blue jeans, my, my lumberjack shirt, yeah. and a baseball cap.
which is my normal yeah. outfit. That's right? a normal I'm, one, yeah. I, I'm kind of. It's like Nick in coveralls exactly. every day. Yeah. Okay, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So they saying get dressed in the morning. There's a few right. of the things. But we I will know. say when during the you know when I wasn't working and during the pandemic, um, yeah, it was hard. I would I I had an outfit. It was called a lounging outfit yeah. that I wore to bed to the, ga- sweats. I, to the to the gas yeah. station. No, no, no. It was pants because I went to the gas station. I'd go shopping sometimes. If I, I wasn't leaving care. the house, I was in basketball shorts and yeah, yeah. And, just and a ripped kinda, t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I was not. Were, right? I was not appropriate to leave the house. <laughs> And then, but it's true. Well, you did anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. There is that. There is that. Uh, what is going on at our southern border? Are we at a border chaos situation again? And is it fair to say, why are we not using some of the same terms we were using just a year or two years ago? We're going to dig into that and figure out what exactly is happening. Who's massing at our southern border? And are we letting them all in? It's coming up next right here on 890 WLS. The big three stories we're keeping an eye on. Judy, what do you got? Ranger Stadium in Texas to reopen at 100% capacity. Now, fans will have to wear a mask when they're not eating or drinking or maybe yelling. (laughs) Right. Go Rangers. You loser. (laughs) President Biden will address the nation this evening. Probably no doubt taking a bit of a victory lap on his COVID vaccination plans. That's right, Bruce. And is Chicago on a slow return to normal? Mm. Could we see Lollapalooza and maybe the air and water show? Mayor Lightfoot is staying tight-lipped, but maybe. All right. So um, I spent a a large portion of my life living in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in Tucson. I went to the University of Arizona down in Tucson. I don't get uh, that. Lived in Phoenix. What's with the V? The University okay. of Arizona. All right. Um, I see that in football all the time. Yes. Been to Mexico. <laughs> been been to Mexico. Uh, spent time along the border. Yeah. Uh, spent time with Border Patrol. Uh, spent time with the sheriff down there. Trying to... Trying to understand... Yeah, I try not to hang out with the veterans, but trying to understand what's going on at our southern border. Yeah. It's a complicated thing. I, I, I don't have any other way to say it. I'm not trying to be trite about it, but it isn't. Whatever you think the solution is at our border, that's not it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. The solution's a 100 things. It's not one thing to solve the problem. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But we are seeing right now huge numbers of unaccompanied minors now trying to come into the country. And when I say trying, I want to explain to you how the law works because Part of, and I think it is understandable, the confusion that goes on with our border is, what is the law? The law in this country. So, by law, if you don't like the law, ask Congress to change it. By law, if you are a minor who makes your way to a border checkpoint or present yourself to a customs official or law enforcement, by law, 
you have a right to a hearing. You have a right. They do not kick you back across the border. By so law. adults, they do. Adults, not they- necessarily. Adults, by law, can make an asylum claim. There's then a hearing. There's an initial hearing that goes on. Do you have a credible claim for asylum? Are you escaping violence? Are is there threats on your life? Whatever. And then you could be issued a court date by law. These are the laws. We right, but so like adults them. could be sent back. Could could potentially if they don't. But if kids, they don't not them, not minors. We do not kick minors back across the border. A couple of years ago, we had all these kids in cages. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we had all these kids, and we don't know where to put them. We, uh, I've been down there on the border. I've seen these detention facilities, and they're they're all meant to be kind of short term. But most of them for adults because we didn't have the issue of especially unaccompanied minors coming across the border. Imagine a twelve year old, literally, and 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 the way it was described to me by a, a border official, he goes, you know, we we have the. Where the cars come across the border, Nogales, Arizona, in is is the in, in Arizona is the big border trekway. Tijuana yeah. in California, Laredo in uh, uh, in Texas, Texas are kind of yeah. really big ones. El Paso in New Mexico are the big thoroughfares. Yeah, you can drive across, you can walk across. Okay, and when you walk across, it's kind of like uh, when you land at an airport coming from a foreign country. You know, a U.S. There's citizen, you have a passport, you know, this and the other. And the border patrol agent I talked to said. Imagine you're standing there, and a 12-year-old girl comes up. She's got a backpack, and she says, "I'm, I'm, I'm presenting myself." They they have a they give them cards or they tell them what to say. Where it's literally, "I'm seeking asylum in the United States." He goes, "Once that happens, it's out of my control what I get to do." They are segregate them aside. They. Have advocates, uh, uh, lawyers on their on their side that that advocate for the kids by law. They are they're supposed to be turned over to the Department of Health and Human Services within seventy two hours. Yeah, the problem is that's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, they're being and detained they're, they're, and, and in facilities designed for adults. For adults, because there's nowhere to put them, and they're supposed to be placed with a family member, a sponsor in the United States until they can have a proper hearing in front of an immigration judge, etc. But the system is not built for the crowds that are coming. But here's something, and I, I think this is fair. I was, I was rightfully critical, only because I'd seen it, of the way the Trump administration dealt with, the, with these kids at the border because their attitude was, let's make it as miserable as possible to try to discourage people from coming. And it didn't. Because no matter how miserable we made it in the United States, it was still more miserable wherever they were coming from. Guatemala, El Salvador, wherever, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, because most of them are coming from Central America, not coming from Mexico. Mexico's actually doing okay economically. It's mm-hmm. Central American countries where they're trying to flee for a variety of reasons. And whether we should accept them in the United States, a whole other argument. I'm telling you, the law says once they show up at the border, we have to deal with them. That's mm-hmm. the law. Do we know why families are sending their children yes. on these long migrant walks and to get to the U.S.? Their they, children, they 12-year-old? 12-year-olds. They, they put them on trains. They give them to these human smugglers, the coyotes. They they give them money to what get their What do they think is going to happen when they get here? They think they're going to have a better life in the United States. With whom? Family members, friends, or they oh. believe in some way, shape, or form okay. the United States. So they have over. someone here. Many they, cases. Okay, because then that makes more sense. I'm thinking they're just saying, okay, good luck. Good luck. I'm Someone sure should take some care of, of you when you get there. I'm sure there's some of it. And some of it is maybe maybe rightfully. I don't know. Maybe rightfully, 
their 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 lives it's so are so dangerous. Danger. Right. Okay. That I can also see, but not thirty uh, three thousand four hundred like a day. Well, that's yeah, yeah more than the that was in customs custody. Yeah. No, they're about three hundred a day are coming across, but there are already thirty four hundred. Yeah. Which is already more. What you just mentioned, then, um, in 2019, that's my point. 2600. Why aren't we talking about it the same way? You see what I'm saying? Because I think it's fair. Yeah, it's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. Why aren't we dealing with these kids? You can you can make an argument for the adults and 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 the way they do it, but some of these some of these kids are are infants, three year old. Uh, What? And how do you determine who their parents are? Right. You come across the border. And somebody brings you and says, here's this kid. It's not mine. <laughs> wow. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, these are well, like you said, they have, no, they have no choice. They All have right. to, de- we, we have to deal with them as, yeah. as a country. And, and, you know, I'd like to think we're a big enough country and a good enough country that we can deal with it on some level. But is the Biden administration, the president of Mexico made this point, because Mexico's issue is, that all these Central Americans are just using Mexico as the highway. You know, they're all coming through Mexico. They're entering Mexico illegally. Yeah, why? They're entering Mexico, but Mexico's then, not doing anything to stop them. Uh, some, but Somewhat, Mexico but doesn't want really. them to stay in Mexico. Right. So, so Mexico going, has no keep problem walking. going, keep going yeah. north, get on the train, mm-hmm. get on the truck, walk, whatever it might be. But he's, uh, the president of Mexico, uh, and I think kind of rightfully, took the Biden administration task going, you know, you're not exactly discouraging these people. We're seeing more and more of them at our southern border of Mexico, which means you're going to be seeing more and more of them Mm. at your southern border. This is a problem that's not going away. You know, it struck me that that it's not a popular thing to say. So I will I will acknowledge that up front. But when I I talk to and again, this was a huge issue in Arizona, as you can imagine. Yeah. And we talked to different people and tried to come up with solutions. And one of the the, the solutions I heard was and one of the few ones that made sense to me was. Nobody wants to talk about taking taxpayer dollars and giving it to other countries. But if you don't get into El Salvador and Guatemala and try to help these countries to the point that they don't want to risk their lives and leave their country to come here, it's it's a cheaper spend to get them to to stop leaving their country than it is when they show up at your door and you don't have a choice. You see what I'm saying? By law. Now we you have, have to take choice. care of them. We I mean, that costs a lot of money. And 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 I, I look. And when you're looking for solutions, I'm like, I, I, I admit I don't know. Yeah. But it sounded like one of the smarter ones. Try to stop it at the source. Stop them from leaving. Yeah, but, their this, country. but this is what people hate when we do. You know, the foreign, foreign aid. Okay. Only because then you're deal with them at the no, southern border. You're, no, no, your argument makes sense. But here's the problem: is that how the money's being used when they get it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. You know, who are you giving the money to exactly in El Salvador to help these people? They're not helping their people now. That's why they're leaving. Agreed. So that it's just it's a vicious I, circle, right? So which is it? You know. Yeah. Again, a really difficult thing, but but we do have, and we are we are approaching another crisis at our southern border. Kids, wow. unaccompanied minor, thousands of them being held in detention centers. Many of them not meant for children. Yeah. Uh, 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 an inability for us to take care of them, nowhere to put these kids, and they're still coming every single day. I'm just saying. I mean, we have kids in America that need help. Yeah, right. That's the problem. The resources are being diverted. Yep. It's it, it's just, it's awful. I'm just going to point out again, for those of you screaming at radio, the law says yeah. we have mm-hmm. to take care of yeah. The law. 
It's not my it's not my it's not my opinion. It's not what I think should happen. It's the law. What exactly? What exactly can Illinois do with all of this COVID relief money? We expect that bill to be signed any second now by uh, President Biden, passed by Congress. $1.9 trillion. A ton of money in line for Illinois. What we can and can't do with it coming up next right here on 890 WLS. You know, I want to tell you a little bit about Balance 7. Balance 7 is a supplement that I've been taking recently, and it is helping get President Biden is expected to sign this week the $1.9 trillion uh, bill that is, uh, it's got everything in the kitchen sink in there. Some of that is monies directly to states. Illinois is set to see a windfall from this this bill, Judy. $7.5 billion in federal aid. Now, um, hmm. yeah, which I think when you hear that, people are like, oh, God, Illinois is getting seven and a half billion dollars. But there are stipulations. It's not just a free for all this time. It's not. Nope. I thought, OK, so what what can they do or what can't they do? So they cannot spend the money on pensions, which is probably the first thing they would. Try which to is do. we've heard we've even had guests on that told us the unfunded pension liability in Illinois is. Yes. Out of this world. Should be first, second, and third on everybody's yep. concern list for the state. $141 billion unfunded pension liability. Right. That $7.5 billion wouldn't put a dent in it anyway. Exactly. So, I mean, there are already calls that um, the state should be paying back the feds and paying down other debts, including this, uh, you know, $5.5 billion in uh, unpaid bills. Mm. Now, I think they can spend it on COVID-related expenses, mm. which could pay a lot of those unpaid bills. So I was trying to understand how much did COVID hurt the states? Like why specifically would Illinois be in the hole? And a lot of it has to do with sales tax and fees and things like that. And mostly sales tax, I would imagine. Well, but people are still out there spending money on some level. I mean, it's not like everyone's sitting on a whole bunch of cash right now, are they? Are you? I'm not. You got your, your stimulus checked the last time. You went out and spent it. Well, they got sales tax on that, right? So there is part of that. The, some of it is part of that. But I thought it was kind of interesting when, when you look at it that the people that, that do the math on this, and I'm going to have to take their word on it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because it's not what I do. Say that any decline in sales tax over the last year, that it's going to be a couple of years down the road before you even get back to that original number, the 2019 number, if you will. Yeah. Right. And is the government going to keep handing out money to the states? Well, I mean... this. You is see the, what I'm saying? Yeah, and this isn't the first check we're getting, so right? Why, We've gotten several before. I realize it's not popular. I do a lot of things that aren't popular, apparently. <laughs> but what I would like to hear Governor Pritzker's talking about, who is a... Do we acknowledge he's a successful businessman on some level? Mm, Pritzker, yeah. yeah. Right? Pretty much, yeah. So he understands how a balance sheet works. He understands a P&L. He understands what a bottom line looks like. Why aren't they talking about 
in Illinois cutting spending as opposed to fingers crossed that more money's going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Because yeah, I hear what you're saying. I've been hearing it for, I don't know, 40 years. That's that's the $64 million question in Illinois. Why aren't they cutting? You, you, when you don't have enough revenue, there's only two options. You raise taxes or you cut spending. I am on record as cut spending before you raise taxes right. every single time. Well, I think we just saw a survey, right? Illinois, number one in well, what we do is raise taxes in yeah, Illinois. Right. We don't cut. We raise taxes. Need and more there, money? Okay, we'll there, get it from us. There is a law of diminishing return with that. Mm-hmm. As people leave the state, as pe- mm-hmm. as you get to the point where people say, it's no longer fiscally responsible yeah. for me. If I have the option, I'm going to go somewhere else. You then are putting a bigger and bigger tax burden on a smaller and smaller group of people. Right. I mean, what well, Illinois, uh, um, I, I know Nick had a story. He told me yesterday, we were the number four on states that lost people during the pandemic. The number four state for people leaving the state. And there was a big number of people leaving. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been happening for years. Mm-hmm. So, Will, this money go for anything, or will it just continue to be wasted like everything else? I'm, I'm, I don't have a high level of um, faith that the money will be spent wisely in any way, shape, or form. And again, one of the problems is, the biggest problem we are facing as a state is that pension liability... And in the bill, it specifically says you can't spend the money on that. Right. Well, and about a third of the direct aid um, of the third, uh, nearly $2 billion is headed to the city of Chicago. Okay. um, Which has the huge pension problem. I Mm. still have not seen, and I wish I could find, and I went looking for it. Can the city of Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot, or can Governor Pritzker show me exactly how much they've lost in revenue, state revenue, Due to the the virus, because they're not, we can't get those numbers, specific numbers. Well, how much have you lost? Does seven and a half billion cover it? Is seven and a half billion a drop in the bucket? Or did you not even lose that much? And this is found money. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because while I understand that some revenue was lost during a pandemic, if sales tax from eating in restaurants, well, people were ordering out. You're still paying sales tax. I mean, the stock market's doing well, so businesses are still profitable. Marijuana yeah, is booming. Alcohol is booming. spending money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but not to the extent that it was. I mean, you've got, they've got to be losing money, right? They can, there's no, they're not making anywhere near what they're making. Even restaurants being open and people taking takeout, it's not nearly enough. Even the but restaurants can really then, survive. But, but by that argument, Judy, does that mean that all of us are now sitting on, on these huge cash reserves for money we haven't been spending during the pandemic? And I don't get a sense well, that maybe a lot we, of people are sitting on a bunch of cash. No, but maybe we've been spending it on other ways. You know, we're not you driving know, taxes to work. Every time, we're not, I yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. I was going to say, they got their fingers in everything you spend money on. Don't yeah, but, you dare worry. Right. But, you know, we're not driving to work. We're not going no. out to eat. We're not. The office buildings aren't um, open. It just it's that, you know, domino effect. Mm. And, you know, good luck. You're right. We should be able to see it in a budgetary document. But let me know how that goes after yeah. you read it and let me know what it says. Well, we hope that we keep getting closer to hashtag old normal. And, Nick, I know that there's some huge events that go on in the city, things that people put on their calendars look forward to. Are we any closer to these? 
Hey, good morning to you. I'm Bruce. There's Judy. He's Cheese. And joining us right now is Pulitzer Prize winning, winning writer for ThePatch.com, Mark Conkle. Mark, good morning to you. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. So you had an interesting piece, and we wanted to have you on to talk about it, about the uh, the issues at the United Center, this mass vaccination site, and how Governor Pritzker kind of got caught up in the middle of it. First of all, do we need to describe... I don't even know how to pronounce it. Fakewitty? I mean, you got to be careful how you say it on the radio. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Fakewitty. You know, fake yeah, equity. Fake equity. Fake equity. Okay. Let's just stop saying it. You're making me nervous. Yes, don't say it fast. But basically, fake equity, which is, you know, uh, coined by a, a friend of mine in this case for Christmas pandemic policy. And, um, where he's continually failed to deliver on promises of coronavirus testing and vaccinations in black and Latino communities uh, that have suffered the worst consequences. He says things and they don't turn out to be true. And the United Center um, is the newest example. You know, um, he, he came out and said he's partnering with FEMA uh, to, you know, have more black and brown people get vaccines at the United Center, and when the first round of uh, signups was done, you know, as things turned out, um, more than 60% of the people who signed up were white people from the suburbs. And FEMA, under pressure from City Hall, changed it, uh, changed who was eligible to sign up to uh, 60% being people from Chicago, 30% being for people, people in Cook County. Um, this is just, you know, if, I, if you pay attention to Governor Pritzker, and unfortunately it's my job to pay attention to him. <laughs> Our condolences. Um, that, yeah, this, this happens all the time. Um, it's happening today. I mean, Nick Gale will tell you that yeah. if he's looking at the what's going to happen today, the governor is talking about vaccine equity in Grundy County today. Grundy County is, you know, for somebody who just moved from Arizona, is out near Morris, Illinois, mm-hmm. and it's uh, about it's about ninety percent white. It's 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 got a very small minority population. Um, this is one of those things where he talks about things, and it's just simply not true. And the thing with the, the FEMA mass vaccination sites around the country is, if you look how the government rolled them out everywhere else except for Illinois, they were, they were very targeted. In Philadelphia, you had to be a city resident. In Dallas. It was for specific zip codes. Same thing for New York. In Illinois, you know, the governor said, anybody from Illinois could come. Come on, take 290 down to the United Center. Everybody knows where it's at. Come and get your vaccine. Mark, can I? And I don't, I'm not meant to be an argument, I hope, but I want to push back on it a little bit. Is it Pritzker's specific problem if when you open up the vaccine uh, um, sign up? As to who signs up, I mean, from what I've understood, that especially in some of the black or Latino areas, there are doubts. There are there are concerns that they don't even want to take the vaccine, that they are hesitant, I guess you'd say, due to historical reasons, of which I'll acknowledge. But whose fault is that? Well, um, two, two things. Uh, number one, the, the FEMA program, you know, using FEMA, which is basically a civil rights agency, um, you know, to handle disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that program was specifically to serve those underserved communities where w- dealing with exactly what you 
spoke about. Also, those are the same communities that don't have the best access to, to uh, health care and the same communities that got hit the hardest by, you know, the most serious consequences of COVID-19. Now, FEMA doesn't deal with the city of Chicago and Cook County directly. Typically, they deal with the state. Now, what we know about Pritzker's um, COVID response is that it's basically run by political hacks. Um, you know, Dr. Mm. ZK, yes, she's the you know, public health director. She's the one that, that speaks publicly. But you'll notice around vaccinations, uh, you don't see her talking at press conferences. You hear, you hear Pritzker talking at press conferences. Um, you know, my sources say she's been effectively cut out of all these conversations. And when you, when you talk with, with you, there's a, a guy by the name of Derek Lindblom. Um, he's a venture capitalist. He's, a, you know, one of those guys that did a startup business. He ran for alderman and lost in, the, in, uh, in Lincoln Park. He's the guy that's been sending the email saying, um, this is the policy that's going to be at the United Center. And it got blowback from, you know, Mayor Lightfoot in her administration immediately. Um, this is the this is what we're dealing with. And I, it's, when we talk about, I'm just going to say fake equity so I don't um, yeah. get duty nervous, but, like, when we <laughs> talk about that, we, 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 see, we see it in, in legalized weed, too. Uh, effectively, you know, the, the legalized marijuana movement took pot sales out of the hands of poor black people who are on the black market and put it in the hands of rich white people with connections to government. And 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 and, and, and then, you're saying we're seeing the same thing with with vaccine distribution, right? We're we're talking. Yeah. We're talking to Mark Conkle from the uh, Patch. Uh, Mark, okay. So what you're saying is he Pritzker knew this was a FEMA program. FEMA made it clear this had to go to you know certain areas of the city, and and then. Pritzker just made it, you know, wide open for everyone just for political reasons. Anyone come and get the vaccine. Let me let me just say that I want the vaccine and I think that's the way it should be. Why are we even I understand why they're targeting certain areas, but you know, I think the the governor's probably getting a lot of pushback on why can't I get the vaccine where I live? I mean, I I, I think that, you know, the problem is, has, has been so far, I mean, pre, maybe pre-Johnson and Johnson vaccine, is that there aren't enough vaccines. And nobody can get it, Judy. I took my mom to the United Center yesterday, um, and she was one of those people who was on the fence about uh, getting the vaccine. But the reason I had to take her to the United Center and the reason I was able to was because I, I know how to use a computer, which my senior citizen yeah. well, Which is a barrier for a lot of the older folks, yeah. yeah. Right. And they live in the south suburbs of Cook County, and Walgreens, CVS, uh, the so-called mass vaccination site at uh, South Suburban College at Tivoli Park, they couldn't get appointments. There's not enough vaccines. I, and I think that's There's really, I think that's the bigger story. The federal, government program, the federal government program with FEMA was is directly set up for giant urban centers like mm-hmm. Chicago. And, um, and that's why you don't, don't see other states opening it up to anybody from anywhere. Um, uh, and that's and that's what we're dealing with. But don't you, you when know, you when you look when you look at other states, though, Mark, don't you feel like Illinois is failing miserably? <laughs> I mean, there are states that are not like okay, anyone over eighteen. I'm not kidding you. I live in the suburbs, like DuPage County. There is no vaccine. 
You don't, forget getting exactly. an appointment. There's no. So what is happening? That's what I think is the most tragic story here. Not just that, you know, suburbanites are coming to take Chicago vaccines. There should be enough vaccines at this point, I, I feel like, because other states, they're vaccinating all their residents. Exactly. And I, I, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head there. The thing is, is that Pritzker's administration has failed to roll out the vaccine effectively from the beginning. And because, you know, myself, I, I started pointing it out, the other major newspapers started talking about it, is that it was so slow in the beginning that he is trying to do anything he can to expand access to for the line so people can feel like they're going to get in line for that. Mm-hmm. And there aren't enough vaccines there for everybody. It's like the Hunger Games. I mean, I <laughs> talked about this a month ago. Mark, thank you very much. We appreciate your time, Dave. It's like the oh Hunger God, Games. God, the odds so are true. not maybe, in your favor. Yeah, maybe yeah. the odds be in your favor. Exactly. Okay. Oh my well, there you gosh. go. Mark Conkle with the patch.com. Pulitzer Prize winning writer. You can read his piece about Pritzker's fake equity problem surfacing at the United Center uh, vac site at patch.com. Uh, up next, another rash of carjacking, including an Uber driver carjacked after he told his passengers to stop eating food. What the hell is going on out there? We're going to dig into it next on 890 WLS. Is slowing some things up right now. A little slow on the Kennedy coming in. A little stop and go uh, inbound between Addison and the Circle. Next traffic update in about 15 minutes. Good morning to you. I'm Bruce. She's Judy. There's cheese over there. We even have infant producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. She's waving. She is waving. We'll give her that. Um, carjackings continue to be a thing. We had one just yesterday, Judy, down in Englewood. Yeah, uh, Uber driver was beaten and carjacked. Now this one is weird. Yeah, pa- the passengers began to eat in the driver's uh, Ford Escape, as I like to call it. <laughs> Um, he French asked them, version, yeah. yeah, the French version, the French we version like to, yeah, we like to class things up here. The driver asked them to stop eating, okay. which led them to start punching him, yeah, beating him. Even as he got out of the car, they continued to beat him. And then they just got back in the car and took it. This is like a, a carjacking of opportunity. Like, it doesn't sound like they intended they to carjack it. Yeah. Like, well, we're here anyway. Right. Let's just carjack you. Like, Again, I think that was bizarre. Opportunity. He got out of the car because they were beating him up. Right. And then they took the car. And then they took the car anyway. No one is in custody at this point. So, God, the numbers are staggering. Is that, is, that a, is that a nice way to put it? Yes. The numbers are staggering. How about through March 2nd, which apparently is when we stopped counting, 348 carjackings in Chicago from January 1st through March 2nd. I'm no math whiz. But that's more than one a day. At, at this rate, I mean, I don't even want to know what the end of your statistics are. Like. It's, it's, now, I'm hoping it's just a rash that just stopped. Well, you know what? They have no. a task force. They there are, is a task force. Yes. The task force, though, uh, I, I, is probably a little bit overwhelmed. Is that a good way to put it?
So Our young people need to be in jail. Ouch. Yeah. Well, how else can you say it? It's yeah. This is ridiculous. They have a website for the Chicago Police Vehicular Hijacking Task Force, or the CPVHTF, as I call it. Love it. Right? Where they have um, prevention tips. What to do if you see a hijacking in progress? How do you describe a suspicious individual? Which I thought was interesting because I, I, I what they wanted because we all look suspicious. So they were saying, you know, providing a detailed description can help officers identify. Okay, who's the description of the suspect? So, sex, male or female, race or ethnicity, age, estimate, height. Think of how tall they appear in comparison to yourself or an object they are close to. Weight. Body build, face, hair, complexion, voice, pitch, tone, speech impediment, other physical characteristics, scars, tattoos, piercings, clothing, uh, uh, exactly what they were wearing, interaction, any statements they used, and any additional information. I think that's all that's, well and good. That's okay? a lot of stuff to remember. When somebody has a gun pointed at you, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're like, hold on a second, how much do you think they weigh? Yeah. I think Ooh, this guy's about, about two. Guy? Yeah. 205, maybe two Pumas on? Hey, how much yeah, do you weigh Levi's? exactly, buddy? Yeah. Oh my I gotta gosh. tell you, are your little baggy clothes, are you, do you work out? Or is yeah. that muscle tone? Or, I mean, uh, and then throw I can't, into this. I can't remember what I wore. Well, throw into this if they have a mask on. And then you're, 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 you're now down to eyes alone in, yeah. in some cases, and everybody looks the bleep insane when they're wearing it. would be mask. like, yeah. well, they looked menacing. <laughs> There's nothing funny about carjacking, except (laughs) when you're trying to realize that everyone's wearing a mask and looks like a bank robber slash carjacker now, and you're having to pick them out of a line. Well, and here's why it's not funny and why it's so important, because sometimes it's that key piece of evidence that determines whether they're charged um, with the carjacking or with the less serious crime. So we talk about the less serious crime. Which is the misdemeanor of, what was it called again? Possession, oh, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's literally trespassing. Trespassing, yeah. that is it, yeah. Vehicular trespassing. But it's, it, so literally, it's, you're in a car that's not yours. You're trespassing in a car that's not yours. And you're saying, well, why don't they arrest them? Well, only because I understand the law, just enough to get into trouble, by the way. My brother's an attorney, close enough, right? Yeah, there you go. You have to prove they're the ones that carjacked it. Just being in a car that's not yours doesn't prove you're a carjacker. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters what you can prove in a court of law, right? You've heard so that we, before? We have a lot of wrongs going um, But But I'm here. just saying that the, yeah. the law is you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, right. by the way. In so some if you level. find the people two blocks away sitting in the car, and you mm-hmm. say, there they are, there they are. We were just sitting in here. We didn't take it. But you, And you yeah. have to be able to describe... And be able to testify, because we've even had instances of people that were carjacked that refused to testify. Yeah, that, right. that is the per that is exactly the person who stuck a gun in my face or who, my, yeah, who threatened me in. and made me get in the car because just finding people in the car doesn't necessarily I, I understand. I I'm not trying yeah. to defend them, but it doesn't necessarily mean right. they're the carjacker. Now fast forward to the courtroom. Is this the person who carjacked you? I don't know. Put your mask on. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, it's, there's so many things going on here. So probably the best thing that you can do is try not to get carjacked. I know it's difficult, but many times these carjackings, you know, running cars at a gas station with kids in them. Hey, Rich, you're an Uber driver. We had the story of the Uber driver that was beat up and then carjacked in there. Do you feel safe driving? Uh, Yeah, I feel safe driving like, um, 
I got no problem uh, driving, but okay. But um, like I said, what, what's, before, what's Uber doing to help you in these situations? Well, I mean, on the bu- there's a there's an app mm-hmm. on our phone where you could hit the emergency button app, and oh, police are supposed to come right away. It's like like a, like a panic button for an Uber driver. Like, yeah, it's like a panic button exactly. Okay, and are so, are, are they responding know. to it? Do you feel comfortable with that? Yeah, it's I feel comfortable with it. I mean, okay. it's pretty. It's it's GPS, so they would find I mean, the car pretty quick as well. Is what you're saying because the app would still right. be in the car. Now, are you being are you being picky about who you will pick up or parts of town? <laughs> hey, hey, are you, you allowed know to what? say it that out loud? On where you're at, what part of the city? <laughs> yeah, but you know, at certain times I won't go to a certain areas. Like I won't go after six o'clock at night to the west side. Okay, all right. Well, you got to do what you got to do, Rich. I appreciate that, and 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 be safe for goodness sakes out there. Yeah. Once again, it's probably hard to press that button when you've got a gun to your head. It all sounds well and good. Yeah. Yeah. Like the best laid plans. It's it's like a boxing. Ever heard that? In a boxing match, all the plans go out the minute the minute you get punched in the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute! (laughs) Oh, I had a strategy here. (laughs) This sucks. Out the window. Yep. All right. Dr. Fauci waffling on his words. So, if you're vaccinated, is it safe to fly? Or is it not safe to fly? Pick a side of the fence, buddy. We're talking about it next on 890 WLS. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Thursday. Let's jump right into the eight o'clock hour, taking a look at the big three stories we're all keeping an eye on. President Biden will be addressing the nation later tonight, talking about the COVID plan. Will he make any news or will he just pat himself on the back all night? Mm, That's right, Bruce. And is Chicago on a slow return to normal? Could we see the fun things like Lollapalooza and the Aaron Water Show coming back? Uh, Lightfoot is staying tight-lipped, but she's saying maybe. Maybe. Judy Pye, yeah, what do you I'll got? I'll take it. Well, the Texas Rangers are planning for a full house on opening day. The hmm. state approves 100% capacity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. As expected, oh, I would Texas. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, along those lines, there I still think there is confusion. And there is confusion as to what does it mean to be fully vaccinated? I mean, think of the, the, the arc we've been going through. There's a pandemic. What do you do? You buy toilet paper. Uh, all of it. All the so toilet no paper you can find. <laughs> stock up. Uh, you, you hunker down. Stay then you home. start peeking out a little bit. You start going, okay, there's a vaccine coming. Okay, the vaccine's going to help. I can't get the bleeping vaccine. You know, but now yeah. I'm getting the vaccine. Oh, you know, you think of this arc, right? And so now you're getting people who have had, like Judy Pie, at least one dose. Mm-hmm. Some people, uh, what is it? Fully. 10% now, roughly, uh, have gotten the, the full dose. Doesn't that mean that you can get back to some semblance of normalcy? You're not going to clog up an emergency room. You're, you're 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 not at a high risk of dying from from this virus, so 
can you can you travel? Can you can you finally get out and about? Can you go places? Can you do things? Dr. Fauci was asked about this. Uh, CNN's uh, John Brennan Berman, excuse me, asked him this specific question. I'd like to point out, I don't think he answered the question. <laughs> well, he kind of did. He said, this This is first. First, we're going to do this. That's coming up but next. What is the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, who have received both doses, right, to travel? Because the CDC is still advising Americans not to travel, even if they've been inoculated. So against. what is the science behind Every that? Every time there's a surge in travel, we have a surge in cases in this country. But that was before country. the vaccination. But... What do we know about the vaccine? I mean, we don't know. Maybe yes, there will know. still be a surge. But they're telling us the vaccine is 95% yeah. effective. That even even if you you uh, 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 contract it, you're part of that 5%. You know, right, 95% means right. 5% might still. That it would be less severe. severe. You wouldn't mm-hmm. require wouldn't hospitalization. Right. That, that, so, but can you give it to someone if you're vaccinated? Can you still give the, the virus to someone who isn't Yeah, vaccinated? but that's not what we're asking. What we're asking is, why are you continuing to tell people who are vaccinated that they still can't go out and do the things that they want to do? Because there are because still... Because you un- were told, to go, you told them before that the vaccine was going to let them do those things. But I feel like they don't really know for sure... What will happen? You don't know for sure that it's not going to happen. Yeah, either, so, so I can't you got to err the on the side of caution, right? No, I'm going to err on the side of I'm going somewhere. You're going to err on the I'm side of Bruce. Side of vacation. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying it. I'm saying that's probably they're the health officials. Uh, you know, the top experts in the country. They have been like this the whole time, right? They have been like this the, from day one. Very, very careful but to I, the point. I'm not, the point, I'm not one of those people that think he. You know, I'm not right. anti him, but but he's doing a disservice to the argument. He also, it's the CDC. He is not gonna. If the CDC is saying don't travel yet. He's not gonna come out and say, well, I think you can travel. But you're here's vaccinated. The answer. Here's the answer. If you're fully vaccinated, you are safe to travel. You may still be able to infect other people. And you may still get it. You but the people who are vaccinated know that. We've told them that. You still may get it. It just wouldn't be as severe. Mm-hmm. So the point being is, tell them what the science says and quit telling me what maybes and mites. I don't care about maybes and mites. Here's another reason. Taking a look at the difference between California and Florida and the lockdowns and you could you could throw Illinois Chicago specifically yeah. our lockdown looked a lot like California mm-hmm. okay so knowing that we took these extreme measures knowing that we shut things down knowing how we told people don't leave your houses you know i mean mm-hmm. at some point literally shelter in place shelter in place yeah. for god's sakes you would think that the per capita death rate you would think the infection rates would be dramatically different from a place like Florida, which basically told you, have at it. You're on your own. Good yeah. luck. 
but they're not. When you look at California compared to Florida, the rates are only slightly, slightly worse for California than Florida, and they took 180-degree different approaches to it. I get back to, what does the science say about lockdowns? Do lockdowns prevent the spread of the disease and of the virus and prevent hospitalizations? Right now, the science says, not really. Not really. So why are you continuing to do them? It might be one of the arguments, why is Texas opening up? Why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they? They're following the Florida model, not the California model. And by the way, those models look pretty damn similar at the end result, which is deaths. So if we're following science, then follow the science, even if it doesn't fit your narrative. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And by the way, you said um, it looked better in Florida. Uh, California had a 7% better rate. Right. But only seven percent, right? Yeah, but not dramatically different. Right. Not dramatically, no, not like yeah. Compared to but I, I, locking you, down California as opposed to wide open Florida. Plus, Florida also has more old people in it. Yeah. So you know, think, wow, was, they would have been dropping like flies in Florida. Maybe they were just lucky. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there if, we go. So if if the well, science behind I, this is luck, luck right? sometimes then I why feel are we like following science? well, I feel like the science it's it's science, so we follow it. But then in the end, it's like you know what we it could have been one, it could have been the other. I mean, why? You're it's true. Why do why did some states see such huge spikes? We mm-hmm. we feel like we have the evidence. To California that, but, had a huge spike after the Christmas time, time right? Florida didn't. One was still locked down, one wasn't. Why? What does the science say about this? My argument is that all things being equal, the lockdown part didn't have an effect on infection and death rates. Well, in fairness, Florida did have a lockdown. Florida did have some mitigations, right? They weren't just open the whole time. They had mitigations, just not as severe. as strict. Right, not as strict. So we have to take that into account, too. And they're saying that, you know, you're right. The whole, the elderly people thing is mind boggling because, but you, when you think about the fact that they sheltered in place more, they took more precautions. Californians did. Yeah. No, Floridians. Oh, excuse me. Floridians did. So that could be why older people. So even though younger people were out there, you know, probably being being super spreaders, the older people weren't right necessarily getting it. Same for California. They have fewer older people and more younger people. Which may account for why the younger mm-hmm. people were spreading it more quickly and, you know, more pervasively. But not dying from it and not needing hospitalization Mission, because right. of it. But again, the science, which basically makes the argument that if you are over 65, if you have uh, pre-existing conditions, you need to take care of yourself. Right. Don't expect other people to take care of you because they're mm-hmm. not going to. By the way, I'm going to ha- hate to break it to you right now. <laughs> they're not going to. Right. So okay, at this so it sounds like Bruce, what you're telling us is at this stage we have enough research, enough, enough science, data, there. data that we should be making our own decisions. Yeah, and that government shouldn't be locking things down because there's no science behind the fact that it actually works, that it does anything. If 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 the if the numbers between California and Florida were wildly different, if 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 Floridians were you know. They were stacking them like cordwood, you know, at the back of the morgue. And everyone in California was healthy. You'd have an argument. You'd go, well, look, one works and one doesn't. It's the the science, the numbers don't bear that out. So why are you continuing to force a policy on people that doesn't have its intended effect? Learn from the science. That's all I'm saying. Learn from it. 
even if it doesn't fit your narrative that we need to lock everything down because it makes people safer. Not necessarily. Not when you look at California compared to Florida. Not necessarily. And like, everybody's going to be watching Texas real close. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and see, yeah they are. And see. we'll see what right. science says yeah. about that. And I'm, I'm perfectly willing to accept you know what? Even, what the science says. Even here, St. Patrick's Day. You yeah. guys think it's going to be packed. We'll see. And we'll see what happens. I don't think it will be. But whatever happens after the fact, we'll see what the ramifications were, right? So what can you do on St. Patrick's Day? Hmm. Are there any things you can do? Can you safely celebrate St. Well, Patrick's Day Well, I think Day a lot of Chicago? people are going to have um, their own little party. Joining us next, uh, we're going to have uh, um, Jason from Choose Chicago to talk to us a little bit about what is going on in the city. Oh, yeah, he has some great ideas. Yeah, up next on 890 WLS. And then early. If you're moving out of Illinois and purchasing a new home, then you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. According to United Van Lines, one of the country's largest moving companies, Illinois ranked first. And a good morning to you. Happy early St. Patrick's Day to uh, Judy and Cheese. I'm Bruce. And um, we know that St. Patrick's Day is actually next Wednesday is official St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, there'll be St. Patrick's Day events going on this weekend right yep a lot of things happening out oh, there it usually goes and joining us from uh choose chicago is jason lesnovich and and jason you're going to help us also talk about some of the other things going on how can people celebrate saint patrick's day in the city knowing that well, some of the big events are not happening right that's right you know saint patrick's day is such a tradition in chicago and we won't have the parades the river won't be dyed green but there's a lot of great things to do to get into the spirit of the holiday. Uh, the skyline will light up starting this uh, tonight um, through the 17th. It's called Shamrock Chicago. And there's a variety of buildings that will light up green. The Board of Trade, the, um, the Auditorium Theater, Merchandise Mart, uh, Soldier Field, Prudential Plaza, and, and it goes on. So there's a great way to see our beautiful skyline light up green. And it's called Shamrock Chicago. And one of the best ways to see it will be with shoreline boat tours doing oh, their skyline lake tours. And they're back open. Their river tours. They have, yeah. They are, they're open up on weekends. So, you know, come on down this weekend and, um, you know, get a nice Irish dinner, jump on a boat and take in our beautiful skyline. So, Jason, it sounds like you're encouraging people to come downtown for the St. Patrick's Day weekend. Sure. You know, I, I would say, you know, book a whole weekend, grab a, our hotels, have great deals, do a staycation and, and, you know, come down for the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday um, nights and, and stay Sunday for pie day. You know, it, uh, pie day. Oh, that's right. Three pie. Pie. Oh, that's right at my alley. 3. 1, 4, yeah. 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 I like pie. Um, so, well, that kind of sounds like it's counter to what the city is promoting, which is <laughs> don't come, don't party, don't do St. Patrick's Day. Well, you know, the city has started to reopen. Our restaurants are open. Our bars are open. Now there's limited capacity. There's lots of great um, Irish um, restaurants and bars that yeah. will have outdoor areas if you don't want to dine inside. There you go. Um, one, of, one of my favorites is Chief O'Neill's in Avondale. Oh, I love Chief O'Neill's. An amazing, amazing beer garden. So you can be outside, 
you can have your green beer or Guinness, whatever you prefer to have some great Irish food. And there's a lot of great outdoor spaces where you can enjoy some green beer or other uh, drink specials and have some great food. Um, the lakefront restaurant at theater on the lake, if you've never been there, gorgeous place to be outside and, and have some great Irish food this weekend as well. Is that Fullerton Avenue beach? That is right. Uh, right at Fullerton. Okay. It's the old theater on the lake, completely renovated. Oh, so um, those are two. Back. Those are two unique areas that we don't usually hear about for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and even recess in the West Loop, this amazing outdoor patio, um, will be serving their boozy shamrock shakes um, mm-hmm. with other. Wow, that shows. sounds great! You had me at boozy. Yeah, yep. boozy. Yeah, okay, don't worry. Yeah, it's so, so boozy in front of anything, Jason. Well, and no, you got and, you got and, Judy again. It's uh, Jason Lesnovich with uh, with Choose Chicago, where uh, and I can understand. You know, Judy is is concerned about crowds and things, but you can do things, and you can do things outdoors. And keep in mind, you know, the, these bars and restaurants have been told they need to follow their their guidelines. So you have to, on some level, assume that people are doing the right things as well. And you can still come down and celebrate and enjoy this city on St. Patrick's Day. Safely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about being safe. You know, we will not have those large crowd events. So all the restaurants and bars, they know their capacity limits. Um, we want to keep you safe. They want to keep you safe. We want to continue to reopen. And if everyone does the right thing, we'll continue on the right trajectory to open up even further. So, Jason, do you remember last year what happened, though? It was kind of what a happened? disaster. It was a disaster. Um, I know it was it was early in the pandemic, but are you thinking it's going to look a lot different this year? I do. I think I think people are much more cautious, you know, just personally, you know, St. Patrick's Day was kind of that first weekend and and no one really understood. I think in my opinion, no one really understood um, the severity of what was about to happen on on the lockdown. And so I think everyone is much more educated this year. And, you know, I know, you know, the bars don't want to get shut down. They want to, they need to follow the regulations and I know they will. And the city's done a great job working with them to make sure that they are following the capacity limits. Aaron Gobra. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate your time today. Absolutely. You have a good day. uh, Jason Lesnowich with uh, uh, Choose Chicago, that there are still things that you can do and there's still ways you can, you can uh, uh, enjoy St. Patrick's Day. He said it best, right? They're going to be, the restaurants and bars are going to be very conscientious Mm -hmm. and people like you've been saying this whole day, Bruce, they're going to, it's up to them to be cautious. They, I think, understand a little bit better than they did last St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you but I, have I'm not fun, saying this but to be understand mean. that you need to be safe. I hope it doesn't come across as mean. No, not at all. That that you ultimately yes. are responsible for your own That's safety in and your every own health. aspect of like, life, like, right? Like, of course uh, you are. The, you should never assume that the person standing over there has your best interest at heart. I'm just telling you how human nature works. They come before you do. It's yeah. the way of the world. So you have to take your own precautions. And mm-hmm. you can still do that and still enjoy St. Patrick's Day, have fun, and come come down here. Can we get back to the most important thing that Jason said, thing? though? <laughs> the A boozy <laughs> shamrock shake. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we never thought about that great. before. Right. Come on, Irish up that shamrock shake, McDonald's. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I, I'll Irish up myself when I get home. Yeah. But that's, oh, my goodness. Does you that sneak sound your good? own bottle into that's, Mickey D's or oh throwing it in the, God, in the a shamrock great shake. Idea. You guys are alcoholics. Oh, it is nice to be able to share the show with people that have a problem. <laughs>
quite honestly. Well, we're, we're talking about some semblance of normalcy. We're talking about people getting out and about. And you know what? The city of Chicago's kind of talking about it, too. Uh, maybe some, some good news on the horizon. I know Nick Gale has the latest on that. Right. It looks like uh, the Chicago Auto Show may be a good, uh, maybe a go uh, for this uh, July, July 15th. Anna, good morning to you. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese here with you. Bruce, I... can I read a text just really quick? <laughs> oh. Why is Judy such a downer? Aww. Am I supposed to answer that? Or no, I will just... answer it. I know. I'm sorry. And during COVID, I am a downer. Normally, I'm not, though. Okay. Because I'm boozy, so... And maybe kind of hippie-ish. Maybe, uh, cheese, we need to get more drinks in her. Yeah. Uh, early oh, on. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I brought a coffee machine in. Can you bring a margarita blender? <laughs> there there goes, I'll just bring the Bailey's in. Bailey's and coffee. Uh, there you go. I'll be, I'll be taking you guys to the bar down the street. Okay. okay. Um, we were talking about uh, St. Patrick's Day and talking about this weekend and people coming into the city. And there are things to do. Uh, and, and getting out and eating a little, which we certainly love to promote, right? Uh, and we have a little segment we do every single day at this time where we feature different restaurants. It's it's called. All right. And joining us right now is Amy Morton of the Barn Steakhouse. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. I'm I'm happy to get foodie. With <laughs> well, we're happy to have you with us. Can I start with the elephant in the room? Indeed. Your last name sounds familiar. <laughs> My last name is familiar, and I think it's no coincidence that you just brought up St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. because my dad um, was the legendary Arnie Morton, yeah. and he did, in fact, the most legendary St. Patrick's Day known in the history of Chicago, besides dying the River Green, and every year, starting in 1973, he charged... That amount for St. Patrick's Day, a dollar and seventy-three cents, or when he closed, a dollar and ninety-three cents for the most extravagant buffet. And of course, everybody would stay all day and drink. Of course, the Shannon uh, Rovers uh, would come in. Those so were the days. Those were the days. I tried to bring it to Evanston. I have a few restaurants in Evanston, the Barn Steakhouse. I have Found Kitchen and Social House, a little place called Patty Squared at Northwestern, and. Um, we tried to recreate that, but, you know, the politicos of yesteryear and what goes on in the city for little different. Day, it just ain't the same. So we, we've acknowledged you have a, a tremendous lineage, Amy, to mm -hmm. uh, a restaurant and specifically steakhouses. And the barn steakhouse is your place up in Evanston. Tell me a little about it. It is, and it is, of course, an homage to my fabulous dad. It is boutique. It is atypical for a steakhouse. Um, we, A, serve the best product in any category and any dish that 
that you can get your hands on. Um, but I wanted the Barn Steakhouse, which is, as I call it, a meat-centric hideaway. Meat-centric. The, <laughs> a meat-centric I hideaway. I love that. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, it's a... A nod to the steak joints of yesteryear. It's down an alley. There's a gritty entrance. Um, you don't see anything. It's all boarded up, and you walk in, and you really feel like you've arrived. Wow. Uh, the menu, it grew out of the idea of um, a French butcher shop, and that when you walk in, yes, you're coming in for a steak, yet you might realize when you walk out that you didn't even order one because there is a broad um, all, mostly meat-centric menu um, that is broader than steak. So we have a lot of different things in the menu, and it's small, and it's... uh, It's a little pro... Like a a little Prohibition-era... Speakeasy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures, and I just... I love the brick. I love the white tablecloths. I mean, it is that vibe of the, you know, the old school steakhouse that we miss. And I also notice, Amy, your cocktail menu, wow. You go right to the booze every time, by the way. (laughs) But their cocktail menu is crazy. Thank you. We, You know what? We worked really hard on it. Uh, It certainly continues to evolve. It's very different. I've got a farm-to-table place in Evanston where every time I, you know, someone walks in, I want you to have something different on the menu and people look to always having something different, but the barn steakhouse is tried and true. I think for everyone and for anyone that wants to have that new dish every time they walk in, there is also the person that wants that tried and true dish that they got yesterday and last month and last year. And that it's always the same. And that's what we try to do. And the cocktails, Ebb and flow. We try to keep our classics on, but then we have a really we've we've just got an incredible crew that just tell them the spirit you want or the flavor that you like, and they'll make you anything you want. She is Amy Morton, the owner of the Barn Steakhouse. You can find them online at thebarnsteakhouse dot com in Evanston. Amy, I have a question for you, and mm-hmm. uh, certainly uh, uh, was a fan. Uh, am a fan of of the Morton steak. I'm a Morton's VIP, by the way, just going to throw it out there. Uh, but good to know, uh, what is the thing you learn? What's the one thing you learned from your dad that helps you run a better restaurant today? You're making it tough. One thing, Um, there's any number of things, but the most important thing is always say yes. Always say yes to the guest, and the guest is always right. And that is not the way this younger generation of restaurateurs and chefs feel Mm. at all. And um, it is something that is fundamental to everything that I do. Give them what they want and make them feel important. Wow. Welcome them in, yeah. Exactly. Yes to the guest. How important is that? Because a lot of times we... We do go to these places, and you. I almost feel like I, I should be happy that I'm there. Like these, yeah, you, you, know, the you did them a favor by yeah, showing up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, it bugs me. I'm like, hey, I'm here to spend money. I love to be waited on and taken care of when I go out to eat. That's, why we That's go the out. oh yes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done that in so long, but now you've got me thinking. I need that. I like need that kind of meal. You know, it it, yes, it, 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 it like it, betters my life a little bit. Oh, and you know, listen, none of us have been going out that that much over this last year, but we have so 
little time in our lives these days, let's think post-COVID and pre-COVID, to, to ha- we have so little free time that when we go out, it's an opportunity. I mean, we I feel it is our privilege as an operator to have somebody choose our restaurant oh. to come. You know, besides that there's a million, there's a lot of other things people can be doing. Sure. And I'm somebody who my dad also told me, if, you don't, if it's something isn't right, send it back. And it's not that you're criticizing, it's you're helping the operator. Because if something's wrong with my dish, probably everyone that orders that dish is getting it oh. wrong, too. So it's really, really helpful. But these days... What an attitude. I'm not just, used to that. Uh, you know what, Amy, Amy I kind of, I'm kind of in love with you. I, seriously, Aww. you just, yeah. Well, come, come to the barn. Yeah, I am. After seeing your menu and... Have some cocktails with me. Oh, okay, yeah. well... You had her at cocktails. cocktails. Amy, I hate to break it to you. You're going you're gonna to have to run a bar tab on that. Amy, thank you so much. We wish you the absolute best of luck, and uh, we can't wait to come visit you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Good luck. Well. That's Amy Morton with The Barn Steakhouse in Evanston. That's uh, thebarnsteakhouse.com. You can make your reservations for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It does have that kind of vibe of like an old speakeasy. Oh, my like, gosh. You know, you it, know, yeah, it really yeah, does. You got to know that. somebody to get yeah. in it. I yeah. like that. And that, it's yeah. true. When you're investing, you know, it costs a lot of money to go out. And you're investing. You get up. You get dressed. You're going it's out for the night. It's an event. And I want it to, to be an event. I don't want to be in and out and rushed and... You know. Well, Amy treats it like one and treats yeah. her guests like one, and it's uh, why we call it. And what an amazing lineage when your dad's oh, Arnie Martin. And um, when you, you probably know how to run a restaurant yeah. pretty damn well. <laughs> and when you go to the barn, don't forget to order the Arnie's Chocolate Velvet Cake. Ooh. Why wouldn't you? Why right? wouldn't you? Of right. course I would. I always order every and all chocolate cakes that they have. Speaking of bad habits, <laughs> which bad habits do you have every morning? Bad habits that might be sabotaging your day. We're going to help you. If you're already struggling, it's 845, and you're... Over it. You've had your day, your day is done. You've had it already. Maybe we can help you start your day off better. That's coming up next on 890 WLS. And on the roads right now, it looks like things are moving along okay. Uh, we did have that earlier accident on the Stevenson that caused some delays, but it looks like everything is cleared up right now. Next traffic update in less than 15 minutes. Good morning. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, uh, he's DJ Cheese over there. I, like Thank you. I have a gift. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, not singing, though. Not singing is not one of them. <laughs> uh, we haven't actually identified what it is, but it, it's in there somewhere. Uh, Judy over there, I am I am Bruce, the one who cannot sing. Uh, but, you know, we have um, interesting jobs. Fair enough? Yeah. We get up in the morning. We, we, we get up pretty early. Very early. Uh, um, th- if you're listening right now, we- we've been on the air since 5.30 this morning. Okay? We get to the station, what, about 4.30 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, dark 30? Yeah. Oh, dark I never 30. thought I'd have a job where I had to be anywhere at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. The only time I ever saw 4.30 before this job was when I was still coming home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the only time days, I ever yeah. saw 4.30. There was no reason to ever get up at 4.30. Mm-mm. You'd be handing out $100 bills on the street corner. I'm not getting up at 4.30. <laughs> okay, but- you're getting up at 4.30. We're getting up at 3.30. No, we have to be here at 4.30. I get up yeah. at 2.45. No. Oh. 2.30. Yep. 2:30. Oh, my goodness. So, 
our morning routine is decidedly different, and I will acknowledge that. I think normal people, hello, normal people, mm-hmm. they get up in the morning, now. you know, they, they, they maybe have somewhere to be by 8 or 9, you know, they're getting up at 6 or 7, maybe, you know, doing those things. But there are things that you might be doing every morning that are actually ruining your productivity, according to the experts that do this. Right. And, well, I have to tell you, I looked at the list, and I don't hardly do any of those, so I'm good. You're screwed. Oh, no, no. No, you're I'm good. I'm not wow. screwed. Yeah, I, I get enough sleep. I lay out my clothes the day before, so I know what I'm going to wear. <laughs> Only, well, because I work so early. If I had to get up, I, I am taking every last minute to sleep. So if I had to get up and then decide what to wear. That Wait a minute. Deciding what to wear Ooh. takes time? <laughs> and you're right. It's COVID, and I'm working with you two. Bucky's here. Who cares? But I do. I it's not care. a fashion show. I, I know, right? but I like to. Look We're on nice. radio for a reason. For I, God's sake. I, I I know that's the thing. I, I you think I'd learn? I always eat breakfast. It takes me all of eight seconds to pick out the clothes. Yep. I think it's yeah. whatever's closer no. to that and that. Let's oh, go. Oh gosh, no! I have. It doesn't match. What kind of shoes am I going to wear? Really? Mm. Oh. Just stop. Um, then I have to do my hair. <laughs> then I have to put a little bit of makeup on, even though I don't wear a lot anymore. So yeah, it's a process, today, though, right? But they're saying they're saying today. planning ahead. Shut up. Planning ahead for the next day is part of being productive. I have yeah. When you go to bed, know what you're going to need to do when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Having I, a plan. I have a list, a to do list, and by that I mean it's written out. Usually, if I have stuff to do. Yeah, I don't want to lay like three around. By, or, by, three by five cards sitting around the house of things you know, I need I to might, do. I might have a reporter's notebook or five. Really? Or fifty. Yeah. Wow. You are okay, organized I, as gal get listen, out. That's I impressive. do it. I do it or I'll forget. But yeah. I, and you know what? It does matter. If I didn't do all those things, I don't know that I would get out of bed. If you're working from home, and some people still are working remotely, one of the tips they say to have a productive day is get dressed. <laughs> that would help. Don't work in your robe and slippers all day long. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. They're saying getting dressed. It actually, it, it affects your psychology. It, I've never seen this before. Enclosed cognition. <laughs> I get it. The brain performs diff- differently. And I think it's like a message to your body. Oh, we're no longer lounging. It's time to get serious. Ah, exactly. Time to get to work. Put it on your uniform. I'm going to put like my uniform on. player getting yeah, get totally in the, different get in attitude. Zone, yeah. Right? This is interesting. Because mm. I, 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 I would say... You think about those days during COVID where you didn't come to work or, or even on weekends and you don't get dressed and you just find out like, like you're sitting around and you're lounging and you never really start the day like that. And pretty soon, like, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I know, right? It's a little late oh, to get dressed yeah. up now, isn't it? I mean, geez, I'm going to be going to bed in a few minutes. Right. And I realized I was like, wow, I haven't brushed my hair today. And I don't even care. Or even better, I haven't showered. Get dressed. Why do I need to shower? I'm not going to see anyone. They say don't skip (laughs) breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person. I've never eaten breakfast in my life. Not since I was in elementary school. And that's why you two are the way you are. I always eat breakfast. What do you mean the way we are? You know what I mean. What's that, Debbie? (laughs) What do you mean you people? Beauty downer right there. Oh, there we go. That's what's wrong with you people. (laughs) I have a... You should eat protein breakfast. bar or whatever is all yeah. I eat. Well, that's good. That's what I do. Is I have a protein breakfast? bar. Okay. Yeah. I, I have, have a yogurt. Red Bull for breakfast. Okay. I watch three yeah. Red Bulls I for watch breakfast. cheese and I really my stomach is like ugh. Yeah. Yeah. You like are chugging and oh my Cast gosh, iron. you're bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Listen, if your day's already gone to hell and maybe you need to change your habits for tomorrow, we wish you the best of luck with that. But yeah. Judy is here to restore your faith in humanity. 
So here is just a little small act of kindness that meant so much to those who received the act of kindness. A Payless Heights high school teacher, art teacher, th- uh, is thanking the National Guard uh, for their kindness when she went to get her COVID vaccine. Hmm. So um, Jennifer Glatz, who teaches at Shepherd High School, she was very nervous about going. She went over to the Robbins Health Center. She told the Illinois National Guard members she was nervous. So they helped her stay calm. They even wrote on her little um, Band-Aid, Hi, Charlie. That was for her son, Glatz's son, who was also kind of nervous for his mom getting the vaccine. She said that level of care and thoughtfulness, it didn't need to happen, but it was exactly what her soul needed. As a thank you, all she did was she delivered a gift of baked goods and a poster with notes from her students saying thanks. The National Guard members say... It was the end of the week. They were tired. They were ready to go home. That day, she really brightened everyone's spirits. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, we the volunteers are the ones giving out the vaccine. Yeah. They work all day sometimes. So see, that's what a little act of kindness can do. Restore nice. your faith in humanity. Outstanding. Restoring faith in humanity is what Judy does at the end of every single show. Take us out on the high, if yeah. you will, right? Leave yeah, I'm a- not a downer. I'm an upper. See? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we also uh, want to thank MG over there in Mission Control, hitting all the buttons, making things work. Our infant producer, uh, Miranda, on the other side of the Delaware Bulletproof class. We've got DJ Cheese on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale sticking around with the news, the traffic, the weather, everything you need to know. Nick packages it together and delivers it to you like only he can. Our Nick Gale is coming up next on 890 WLS.